Hey everyone, my name is Christine Kreischer and I'm one of the pastors at GT Church and your host for the Growing Together podcast where we bring you new episodes every Wednesday to give you a midweek boost of encouragement and inspiration that will motivate you to finish the week strong in your faith. Today, we are sitting down with Pastor Scott Kramer, who kicked off our new series called What is Real? And you know, we, we designed this series because we know that in today's world, it can be hard to determine what truth really is and how to know what to believe. So whether you've been a Christian for a while, but still have questions, or maybe you don't know what to believe and you're looking for something true, this series is a great way to take a deeper look at what the Bible tells us is real. We're going to be diving deep into the book of John in the New Testament, and it's going to be incredible. This past Sunday, Pastor Scott kicked off the series with an awesome sermon about what is real beauty. And if you missed his message, please, 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 please go back and watch it. So Scott, Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I I was thinking this morning about um, when we were, when we were in our our teaching team meeting, our bottom, we called our bottom line team meeting, and we were planning out this series called What is Real. Uh, We talked about um, this, what is real beauty topic, and you jumped on it. You were like, yes, I want, I want that week. So tell us a little bit about that. Why? What what is it about real beauty that that's (laughs) Yeah, and I, I, I think I said to you, Christine, in an email that I took a very macro approach, like a big picture approach on Sunday, because that's what first came to mind. Like, obviously, when you talk, if you talk about beauty from like an appearance perspective, which we'll get to today, mm-hmm. that feels like a really like touchy subject, right? And that's not what like stirred in my spirit when we talked about this in the meeting. It was more like what stirred in me was the the big picture, like the grandeur and the glory of God as evidenced in his creation. Again, if you heard the message, you heard me quote Psalm 19, that the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. And and I've always had a passion, like, I mean, probably since I'm a young adult, I've just always found, um, how would I say it? Like, I feel like there's beauty everywhere around us. You know, like I stop and just... I want to notice things constantly about the world around us because I think that you can find God in everything, whether it's a a sunset, a beach, a golf course. (laughs) Like I love golf. Like, but part of why I love golf is because I get to be outside and golf courses are beautiful places. They're just Mm -hmm. really relaxing, restful, serene places. And I think you can find beauty and you find God's fingerprint everywhere. Yeah. And so that's what kind of just immediately when I heard this and we talked about the topic, I'm like, oh my word, I'd love to have, to take a swing at it and to really inspire people to, to, without saying it, like we could tell people, Hey, slow down and notice beauty. Yeah. But what if we just showed them? Like I was thinking like, what if we just show some pictures of what God has made and what man with through technology can discover and inspire people to say, man, God's fingerprint literally is everywhere around us. Yeah. So that was kind of what like sparked in me that day. I love that. And I loved on your, in your message on Sunday, you showed a lot of visual, right? Of yeah. the galaxies and yeah. oh my gosh, the nebula and all of the things, because when, when you, it's true, when you see those pictures, you, you can't help but be in awe mm-hmm. of God, right? Yeah. Because the thing that stood out to me the most when you were showing those pictures is that's how awesome and how big God, it, God is. Yet, he sees me and he sees 
you. And he knows the Bible says he knows every hair on our head, like every thought that we have, like he loves us and he holds us in the very palm yeah. of his hand, the way that he holds the moon and the stars in the sky. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. I yeah. love that. Can I just so much. say something real quick about that? Um, yeah. Because we're talking about this. We just talked about this with students in GTSM on Sunday about if you don't hold that there is a creator God, a loving father, an eternal God who set us here, then when you consider the scope of the universe and how vast it is, like it's, it's beyond our ability to truly understand. But if you, you consider that and then you, you place us on that as we live in a, in, among a 13 billion year old universe, we're but a speck of that yeah. on a speck of dust in a speck of a galaxy in a speck of a segment of that universe and the the atheistic worldview would tell us all how meaningless and insignificant our lives really are yeah uh in in comparison to the existence of the universe our existence is unguided unplanned accidental and purely meaningless but when you embrace the god of the universe who created us like you said christine you and I are a special creation by an amazing creator. What value and beauty that brings to our lives when we can, uh, this sounds so like, I don't know, it's like bask in like knowing that God sees us. Yeah. Among all of his creation, he sees us. Yeah. And he made us. And it, that, that brings us such value and worth. Yeah. That, the, that other worldviews just can't imbue in us, you know? Right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's so good because when you do consider the awesomeness of God and you consider all the universe and the, like everything, like you just said, and that we're a speck of a speck of a speck of a speck, there's something inside of us that, that I, I don't, it, you may not have any spirituality. And we're going to talk about that next week with Pastor Brian, right? About what is real spirituality. But like you may not consider yourself, I should say this, you, you may not consider yourself religious right? But there is something when <laughs> in every human heart that knows, senses that there is something out there that created, created all of this, right? That, that, that I think starts us on the search for yeah. God, yeah. right? Like but, there's got to be an explanation. And from Solomon that. even says that in Ecclesiastes, he says, and God has set eternity in the hearts of man. That's right. Like there's, there's an awareness imprinted on our soul that we we know that there's something more, yet many will deny it. Every single person that has ever lived has has had a sense that there's more to this life than this life because it's there by God's hand. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the Bible says. God has set eternity in the hearts of men. Yes. Yeah. Love it. And we're the book or, or the series is inspired by the book of John, but also inspired by um, this book, Broken Signposts um, by N.T. Wright. And uh the, the tag for the book is how Christianity makes sense of the world. And um, so we're looking at seven different things that really, and, and beauty being one of them, um, spirituality, like I talked about uh, is, is next week, but um, freedom, justice, love, truth, power. Um, these are all signposts. N.T. Wright talks about this. These are all signposts that point to a greater reality than, than what we can see or perceive with our natural senses. Because with our natural senses, we look around the world and we see brokenness. We see injustices. We see fake news. We see um, just this whole um, 
crazy, crazy um, understanding of what beauty is, right? Like beauty has been completely demolished. Um, let me read this to you, or not read it to you. Christine, let's yeah. use this word. Beauty has been hijacked. Yes. That's a good word, right? Like beauty has been hijacked by a broken world. Yeah. And when you, when something that's made to be pure and innocent yeah. is, is hijacked by a, a corrupted system, well, of course, the way that it's viewed and defined will likewise be corrupted when it's hijacked by a broken world system. Yeah, and right? you and, talked about that on Sunday. It was hijacked back with, with back right. with Adam and Eve, right? In the book yeah, of Genesis, right. in the very yeah. beginning, right. beauty was hijacked. It was, yeah. 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 N.T. Wright writes this um, in the book. It's on page ninety-two. He says, "We are all we are all of us hardwired for beauty." searching for a deeper and richer meaning in a world that sometimes seems to overflow with delight, mm. but at other times feels dreadful and cold, ah. senseless. Mm. Beauty, the haunting sense of loveliness, the transient yet utterly powerful stabs of something like love, but something more and different as well. It is a pointer to the strange gently demanding presence of the living God in the midst of his world. But as death itself discloses, if beauty in some ways a signpost to a deeper, if, if beauty is in some ways a signpost to a deeper reality, to the truth of God himself, it is nevertheless a broken signpost. Our poisoned worlds, I think we would all acknowledge when we look at the world, you talked about injustices of the past with the Holocaust and all those things, but the reality is if we look around today, we see a poisoned world. So our poisoned world falls so far short of the aesthetic or the sacred ideal of beauty, of yeah. what the godly definition of beauty. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, Again, I, to me, it, it 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 reminds me of what's imprinted on our soul that mm -hmm. every one of us recognizes that there, there that the world is has been designed to be beautiful, right? Like there's yeah. there's so much brokenness around us, and you just watch the news for three minutes, and you can be depressed. Right? Like, yeah, we have this thing in our home where I like to watch the news because I want to know what's happening in the world, and my wife's like, "Can we please not watch the news?" Because <laughs> Cause she just feels like she leaves it depressed. Like, Oh my goodness. Like the world's just falling apart. Like yeah, it is, but there's hope, right? Like Jesus is the only one that gives us hope in a broken world. But, but there is something in us that I think we're designed even to be able to connect with God or with the beauty around us. Like I, this is, again, I get caught up in stuff like this, but like somebody sent me a video about hummingbirds and I'm like, okay, like, you know, because sometimes you're like, I'm not biting on that one. Like, some, but I'm like, okay, I'll bite. So I, I clicked on it and I, I watched this like six minute YouTube video on, on hummingbirds. I'm like, oh my word, God, you are so creative. Yeah. But if you never study or look at stuff like that, or, or again, take a moment just to like pause in your busyness and, and see the beauty that's already there, right? Like, you look at the uniqueness of a hummingbird. I'm like, God, you are so creative and so mind-bogglingly um, amazing that you could make a hummingbird with all these unique qualities and characteristics that no other creature on earth has. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Sorry. So hummingbirds are wonderful and I love them so much. 
But the thing I get um, picked on a lot for is I love stink bugs. I know. I have picked on that. Like, I, think I have. Karen Troutman once bought me a book on, it's like a kid's book, but it's all about stink bugs and the different varieties of stink bugs. And people say to me, why do you love stink bugs? Number one, they stink. Like, what? well, and I, I love cilantro and I think they smell like cilantro. So that's part of it. But it's not that. The very first time I caught a stink bug, I put it into a plastic bag. <laughs> so it's terrible, right? So that I could get an up close look at it. And I just remember thinking, when you look at the intricacies of a stink bug and the way that it's designed and all, it's how can you say there is no God? I remember saying that. I remember like grabbing my kids and saying, look at this. Like, how can people say there is no God? And you probably heard me say this a million times. And I hope that one day in my celebration of life service, it gets said about me. But when my kids were little and still to this day, they make fun of me because wherever we are, whatever we are doing, I say, stop, stop, stop. Look out the window. That's the picture that God created for, or painted for you today. Yep. That's the picture God, because like, and it, it is, it's in the stink bugs, it's in the hummingbirds, it's in the sunrises and yep. sunsets, it's in the, whatever it is, like the majesty is all, the majesty yep. of God and the fingerprints of God are all around us. You said real beauty is displayed in the creator's work. Yeah. Right. And here's, here's something I didn't get to on Sunday. I was thinking about like a way to illustrate this. You know, a lot of our listeners are probably, they would think of themselves as an artist or a lot of our listeners are musicians, right? And if you ask most artists or musicians if they would feel that their their work, their art or their music is in some measure a reflection of themselves, most of them would a resounding yes, like I am in my music or I am in my art. Like they would say that what I create is a reflection of who I am. Yeah. Well, it's no different with our creator God. Like what he has created is clearly a reflection of who he is, of yeah. his beauty, of his majesty, of his glory, of his creativity, of his genius. <laughs> like he's outside of what we can even imagine and of his concern for us. You know, all of it is, again, like you said, like even just looking out the window and notice, noticing a sunset or thinking about the ecosystems, how they're so perfectly designed to, to nourish itself, like all of life supports itself like it's unbelievable what god has done and how he has revealed himself through those things that's right i love um one of the things that i, I admire about you is your love for science right because so many times christians they separate god from science right it's like there's god they they're at odds they think yeah. science and the bible are at constant war with each other and that's not the case no it's not the case at all so i love that and yeah um, the other thing that you said, you said real beauty abounds everywhere in creation, even in the diversity. I thought not the sameness of yeah. humanity, right? Yeah. Like when we think about God's creation, he created all people, all ethnicities, all, we are all image bearers, Yeah. right? We are all to love one another because we are all God's handiwork. And that's, that's what's missing in this world, right? In this polarized world that we live in, it's, yeah. we see the beauty in ourselves or our people and yeah. yet fail to recognize that we are all God's children. We are all yeah. his handiwork. We are all his creation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, let me, let me blend science with that thought because you, and I didn't get to tease this out either on Sunday because it's just so much on my heart, but like the diversity of humanity is a reflection of God's beauty, right? Like God, could have easily, it would have been easy for God 
I'm going to go, so just give me a little bit of space on this one, okay? Because I'm going to get to DNA at some point. Like, it would have been easy for God to stamp us out, right? To have created a mold or a few molds and stamp out humans. And we could have all looked the same, had the same hair color, have the same skin tone. We could have all been, like, that would have been a simple thing for God to do. But God, in his wonder, again, we'll never understand this, but in his wonder, created us at such an at such an intricate detailed level that he gave us DNA and genetic coding that allows for the diversity of appearance to, to exist, mm -hmm. right? Like if you, this is a little known, not a little known geeky scientific fact, but if you took the DNA in your body, the genetic coding in a human body, you have 80 trillion cells, okay? Every one of your cells has three feet of DNA three feet of genetic coding in every single one of your cells, your hair cells, your skin cells, your membranes, like 80 trillion cells. If you were to add up and stretch out the DNA end to end, it would go from here to the sun and back 32 times. Crazy. In your human body. That's how God made you. Yeah. Don't tell me that happened accidentally and unguided by evolution. That is design. Yes. And the, 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 so the diversity comes out, the beauty of diversity comes from the difference in genetic coding and how God has created our, our bodies to replicate ourselves through, you know, regeneration. It's unbelievable. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is so, so beautiful. Um, when one of the other points that you made on Sunday, you said that real beauty is defined by the truth of God's world, right? So of his word. Of his word. Of his word. What did yeah, I say? World, his world. Yes. <laughs> world. Of his, his word. word. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, you find truth in God's world as well. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I did, what I said was truth in God's word. Yeah. Real beauty is defined by the truth of God's word. Sorry word. about that. And and you you said if God calls something beautiful, man cannot undo its beauty. I want to unpack that a little bit because I want to dive into what the word of God says is real beauty yeah. and what makes a person beautiful. <laughs> Because like you said, beauty has been hijacked by mm -hmm. this world, right? A lot of times we think of it as, well, actually, I know you, um, why don't you read First uh, Peter 3, 3 and 4, because that talks about that. And I know you didn't get to, to talk about that on Sunday. So. Right, yeah, this was something I was going to share and I didn't have time to. But in in First Peter 3, 4, now this is from a, a first century world, but we believe that the word of God transcends time and it was, it's no less relevant today than it was when the apostle Peter wrote this to an audience um, 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. and he said these words, he wrote these words, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of greater, of great worth in God's sight. So there's this, there's this awareness that the Bible, and we can look at other passages too from um, different scriptures that God is, I think we all know this, but we need to be reminded of it on a regular basis, right? That God is more concerned with our inner beauty than with our external beauty. It doesn't mean we neglect. Say, does that mean I can't fix my hair and put makeup on and like wear jewelry oh, and all of that? Is right. that, I feel condemned for doing and that? I said to you earlier, like I, before we started the recording, like I I didn't share this on Sunday because I think it needs a little bit of like TLC, you know, to really properly understand this passage. It is, I never read it as condemning to mm -hmm. people or restrictive that 
you can't care about your appearance. Right. I don't read it that at all. I just read it as that should not be, con- you should not be consumed by your appearance, that you should not make that your focus. It's, I like to look good. I like to take care of myself. I think that's proper. I think that makes sense. But if that becomes what consumes you, or if that's what you want to be noticed for, yeah, then you're being noticed for the wrong things. And that, again, in the, if you take that, what we contrasted earlier, the broken world system that has hijacked beauty, think about, we don't want to be negative on things, but like Hollywood has focused on external beauty, right? Like that's, it's easy to see in the Hollywood world that it's all about being noticed for your external beauty. Oh yeah. And, and then the you, have filters, God, you got filters on like every, right? Like to make yourself look yeah. like no wrinkles. Perfect. That's like, right, yeah. yeah. The world is vying to be noticed for our external appearance. And again, I don't think we neglect that, but mm-hmm. it's not what I want to be noticed for. Right. And and, and honestly, I think most people would agree, yet they, they've bought the lie that I have to look a certain way or be noticed for the way I look so that I can get attention or so that I can feel good about myself or build my self-esteem. And some of those things are, I, they're, they're tenuous. We want to be wise with that. But the Bible always exhorts us to, to be more noticed for the inner beauty of a of, of a person honoring and living out the life of God and living according to the truth of God's word. That's what God calls us to as image bearers. You know? Yeah, it's true. Because even when you think about people that you would describe as like they're a beautiful person. Yeah. I know for me personally, Melissa and I were talking about this this morning. When I think of a person who is beautiful to me, it's really about their character. It's about who they are on the inside, it's their inward beauty, it's their their compassion and their love. Um, it's the way that they kind of live out their faith, right? Where they put their faith, that they're the hands and feet of Jesus. And that's what makes people beauty uh, beautiful yeah. to me. And I believe that that's, I mean, that's those verses that you just read right there and so many others, oh. maybe you wanna share some more with us yeah. that really like that's God's heart, right? That's what, how God defines beauty yeah. um, as well. And he, and he made us look this way, so he's, Again, I, I heard a friend, Kurt Seberg, say a long time ago about certain things. He said, you know, God gave you a brain. He's not offended if you use it. Like, God made us the way we look, so we're not to be ashamed of that. Like, right. there should be no shame in this discussion of beauty as it relates to external and internal, but mm-hmm. it's not an either or, right? Like, it's both and. Like, it's, it, it makes sense. It's fair to be concerned with my external appearance, I think. It speaks of respect and reputation and those things, but it can't be our focus. Yeah. It can't be what we want to be noticed for. Well, and then the flip side of that is there are so many people that, especially now in this world, the world, you know, with social media everywhere, Mm -hmm. it's the comparison trap. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We are looking at the beauty of whether it's the external beauty of the people with all of the filters and the, you know, or the, the beauty of the perfect picture, the beautiful picture they portray by their highlight yeah. reel on social media. And then we fall into the trap of comparison. And somebody once said to me that comparison is the ultimate insult to God. Mm. And I thought, wow, Lord, help me, help me to not fall into that trap. And I do every day, right? It's yeah. why I, like, I'm very rarely on social media because you can get so, you know, consumed by yeah 
everybody else's perfect worlds and um, and fall into that trap of compar comparison. And, yeah. and God is saying, no, 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 no. Let's let's focus on your inward appearance. Let's focus on you becoming more and more like me every day. Do you want to talk about some more verses that talk about that? And yeah, you know, um, as I was thinking about this last night, one of the ones that again, this will be familiar to many listeners, but in First Samuel 16, um, where Samuel was looking for the next king. Um, he was looking to anoint the next person who would succeed Saul as king. And he he made this statement that again, I think echoes through eternity. Like this is this has been a very popularly quoted uh, statement, and it should be. I think this statement carries a gravitas. Like it's so powerful. He said this. He said, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. So he's comparing some of the, the men who everybody there thought should be king, like should follow Saul, the big, the tall, the strong, the handsome. And everybody had their eye on a couple of the, the sons. And he said, I've rejected them. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. You could just time out right there. Like, just remind ourselves that God isn't looking at the things that man looks at. And then he said this, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that is, man, those truer words never been spoken, right? And But but more important words are rarely spoken. Like you say, Christine, the comparison trap, like, every one of us falls prey to that every day. Yeah. It's, it takes 30 seconds on your, your social media scroll. Like you'll see somebody and oh my word, that guy's such a great dad. And my word, he built a, I, I was looking at this, I won't name him, but somebody, a friend of mine built like this massive um, sledding trail in his backyard. And I'm like, I'm a horrible father. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that I'm like, and I stink. Like I didn't do that for my daughter, but like, but I'm not, I'm not called to be him. Mm -hmm. I'm called to be me and I'm called to be the best dad I can be. And we're all different and we have different giftings and abilities and we shouldn't, the comparison trap is so dangerous. It is it's not just yeah. about physical appearance. Yeah. About, it can, it can touch us in so many ways and we have to guard ourselves like tenaciously against the comparison trap. So you know, it happened to me a minute ago when you talked about artists and musicians and how their work is a reflect, right? And I thought, right, my initial reaction was, I'm not an artist, a musician. And then I thought, and what about the people who are watching and they're not an artist and yeah. musician? And then I thought, we all need to realize that we are all image bearers of God and everything we do, whether it's art or music, our jobs, whatever we do, conversations, we are all to bring the kingdom of God to mm -hmm. earth in our interactions with people and to yeah. express God's beauty um, in all that we do and proclaim his beauty in all that we do and say, regardless of what it is, right? Like there's not like artists and musicians aren't up here. And then, you know, you know, what is down here? No, no, no. We're all called to be faithful with the gifts that he's put inside of us and to be able to, to point people to him. And that's really what it all comes down to. You talked about something because we only have a couple more minutes, but you said something to me earlier about really wanting to challenge listeners to ask this question, where are you investing your energy, mm -hmm. right? You were talking yeah. about the fruit of the spirit. And then in Colossians talks about clothe yourselves with, so talk a little bit just for a minute or so about, about that. And then we'll wrap up here. Yeah. And it, and it does tie to like the question I think for all of us is what do I want to be noticed for? Yeah. You know, this is what Paul said in Colossians chapter three. He said, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
clothe yourselves. And he, he lists five things. I think these should be in our top five for what I want to be noticed for. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Say those again. I will. Therefore, as God's chosen people, again, the, the, third, the, the massive universe, the speck of dust, he chose you. He chose me, right? As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Like, not just that he chose us and he made us, but we're considered to be holy and we are dearly loved by our heavenly father. That's right. He said, this is what you should be noticed for. Clothe yourself. Again, he's, he's comparing external clothing. He said, don't like, yeah, outward adornment. It's okay. Don't be condemned. Don't be in shame. Don't, don't carry that with you either, but be noticed for, be clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience <laughs> because we struggle with that like but but man those five what if what if we wrote those on our wall what if that was on our dashboard what if we kept those five things in front of us when when god takes a moment to pause in the scripture and tell us what we should be we should look like yeah Go with yourself with these things this is what you should look like yeah you should be compassionate kind humble gentle and patient what if we filtered every social media post with those five things? I think we'd see a lot more harmony and peace in the world. Unless the trap. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I picture that as um I've used that um, for some weddings that I've done. It's just when the when the bride puts on her wedding gown and when the groom puts on his tux, right? Yeah. Like today, like you clothed yourselves in these things to be beautiful for this day. Yeah. But what if every day you woke up and you clothed yourselves with compassion and humility, all those five things, yeah. like what would you look like, right? You would then be known for, what yeah. would be the answer to Jesus's prayer, right? Yeah. That people would then see us and they would know him by our love, our compassion and our humility. Our, mm -hmm. ugh, it's so, so good. Such a challenge for yeah. all of us. And if yeah. we were, and if we gave our best energy to that, yes, rather than to, being consumed by my external appearance again not neglecting it but not being consumed by it and not letting it rule me right absolutely and yeah give my best energy to the the inner beauty that peter talked about we read it earlier like the inner beauty of what god has created me to be and have a reflection of him to the world because i'm part of his reflection to the world not just the right. hummingbird and the galaxies like and the sunset those reflect the beauty and the glory of god but we do too Yes. We are image bearers and we are there for image reflectors yeah. of the glory of God. Uh, I'm going to talk about that in a couple of weeks when we talk about justice, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about me. I was not put on this earth to reflect my goodness and my beauty. I was put on this earth to yeah. be about the father's business, to reflect his goodness, to be a signpost, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. To restore what is broken in this world. To be a, That's what a sign does. It points us right. in the right direction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, let's do this. Uh, I would, we could talk forever about that, but um, we are focusing this whole entire series, right? We're, we're digging deep into the book of John. You talked about that. You encouraged everybody to read a chapter a day in the book of John. I want to read to you from, from the book, Broken Signpost. And he write on page 31, he says, John's gospel is unique, not only in Christian literature, but in all writings everywhere. So how should we best approach it? He said, think of it for a moment in terms of food. 
John's gospel contains all the ingredients you need for a full first class meal. Mm. Those of you who have time, and I encourage everybody to do this, should treat themselves to a sit down full on five course reading of the entire book right through. Yeah. It takes about two hours, an hour and a half to two hours to so just sit down and read the entire book. And then he, he said, equally, in between long and leisured readings, John is also, if I can put it like this, a great book to snack on. And that's exactly what you talk about. If you just a chapter a yeah. day, but it's like that snack that it's like opening a bag of Doritos, right? And you open that first and you bite that. And now you, you got to just keep going back for more, I right? So it's, it on Christine. What'd you say? I said, I don't eat that junk. I do. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. It's like when you have that bite of cheesecake, Scott, no, and you yeah, can't yeah, stop. No. How about that? <laughs> But it's, it's so good. And so really, we want to encourage everybody to yeah. dig into John, to the book of John in the New Testament with us. Um, I would also encourage everybody, there are real short videos called um, the Bible Project videos. You can find them on YouTube. Just Google it. The Bible Project, the book of John. There's a part one um, and a part two. I think they're each about eight minutes long. Part one talks about and unpacks and kind of does, does, does like a broad overview of chapters one through 12, part two, um, chapters 13 through 21. It's phenomenal. I would encourage you to watch those videos before you even pick up the book and be, begin reading it because it just gives you some great context and some historical context and all of those things that just really bring the Bible to life for you. And that's really what we should be doing. Eric and I talked about that last week. Read the Bible with your imagination. Put yourself there. What would it have been like to be there, right? Like, oh, to witness all the things there. And then um, some of us are doing a version reading plan. So if you if you have the version Bible app, there's a reading plan called 21 Days in the Book of John by Levi Lusco. I know Pastor Brian, Brian is reading it. Um, and it is, it's, it's phenomenal. It's so, so good. Um, and so just, yeah, dig in with us, get into God's word. And then in a couple of weeks, we're going to be, a couple of weeks after Easter, we're going to be doing a 40-day red letter challenge. So we're going to be digging in, guys, and really diving deep um, to really not just hear the word of God, but apply it to our lives because this world needs us to be image bearers. Yep. Right? The Bible says don't be just hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. Yes. <sighs> It's a challenge for all of us, right? For yeah. you, for me, for everybody listening. Um, I'm going to ask you to do this, and then we're going to wrap up and get on out of here. Um, will you pray for us? Yeah, of course. All right, awesome. Let's thank you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to to um, to reflect your glory. I pray that God, both Christine and myself, have been a reflection of the heart of God for people to to um, to maybe right the ship a little bit to. Uh, receive a little bit of a course correction in our lives if we have allowed the narrative of the world to to shape us and to inform us too much. Uh, there is value in, in external uh, concern, but God, uh, the greatest value that we should have is on the, the inner beauty and the inner reflection of Christ in us, that we would be clothed, God, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And those things are the things for which we would be noticed. And that we, God, uh, would give our best energy, myself, everybody, God listening, would give our best energy to being noticed for the reflection of Jesus in us. That we would somehow get out of the way and, and let Christ be seen in us in all times, in all settings, and in all conversations. And so we pray a blessing 
of your abundance and your favor on every listener today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for hanging out with us today, Scott. And again, if you missed Scott's message from this past Sunday, you can always go back and watch it on our website or our YouTube channel. And don't forget to download the GT Church podcast so you don't miss out on any of our sermons or our Growing Together episodes. Next week, Pastor Brian is bringing us week two of the series, What is Real? And he's going to explore the question, what is real spirituality? He's going to talk about how pursuing a relationship with God can make a huge difference in our lives. You don't want to miss it. Thanks again for joining us today. I'll see you next week when I sit down with Pastor Brian to unpack his message on our next Growing Together episode. Have a great week, everyone.